Welcome to the first edition of Fighter Stonks, at least the full card breakdown from a prediction strike perspective. This is Fighter Stonks. You guys already know it from the Deadlock podcast, but thanks to the guys over at Prediction Strike, they wanted a full card breakdown, or at least there has been a need for a full card breakdown from a prediction strike perspective. And here we are bringing that right to you guys before we used to just go through one two fights guys that we wanted to buy or sell but now we're like you know what let's just go to the full card because there are thoughts and perspectives that we have on every single matchup so we can't wait to bring it down uh, and break it down for you guys as well clint you excited for the show you excited to get things going a little bit more with the prediction strike side of things Manfred, hell yeah, man. I am very excited to do this. You know, you and I have been kind of leading the charge with Prediction Strike, and uh, it's a cool new way for people to gamble, essentially, on sports in general, because it's not just MMA. Um, but you and I have been working with it for a while. We created our fun little contest for it. But it really is something that people could dig a whole lot deeper into. So I'm excited for the opportunity for us to do that. And I'm also really excited for the chance to... Uh, really look at what people can do with it because before it was just kind of like ah yeah, this guy wins go check it out you know now we get to kind of dive a little bit deeper into it and really look at some uh, some of the numbers where we think these fighters are going to go up and down it's it's going to be fun to jump into the prediction strike aspect of things absolutely and as you guys can see from the ticker below make sure you guys use the promo code lock when you guys sign up on prediction strike and they will give you a free fighter stock uh with the purchase or sorry with your first deposit of 20 dollars or more do want to give a quick shout out to nico from prediction strike who's actually in the chat right now that is the main contact that we've been going up going up with uh, for prediction strike to make all this come to life bring it all to reality so shout out to nico for kicking it in the chat if you have any technical uh questions or anything specific question wise for prediction strike stop it in the live chat and nico will be sure to take care of you guys there so just to give you guys a quick glimpse of what prediction strike actually is if you have no idea what it is it's pretty much the stock market for sports you got basketball football baseball mma and it's pretty much buying and investing into fighters or players and treating them as stocks pretty much it is the stock market for the sports industry I've been waiting for something like this for a long time as Clint is showing us here. You guys can see all the top uh, trending players, uh, all the prices listed beside them as well. Uh, again, you can go basketball, football, and baseball and buy these players as you want. As you guys can see, the, the trends here as well from the, the weekly to the monthly to the yearly, it shows you everything that you need to know there as well. And yeah pretty much investing in fighters and players uh, as if they were stocks themselves. Uh, we, we always hear, one guy that I always hear talking about it is John Anik. John Anik's like, if I can buy a stock in a certain fighter, I would buy it on this guy. And that's exactly what Prediction Strike has been bringing to life uh, over the past couple of years now and, and really making a making a charge into the MMA world, not just investing in, you know, shows to, to, uh, to spread the awareness, but also like letting fighters know and letting uh, a lot of people on social media know you'll see them all over the place. So make sure you guys give, uh, give them a look. And even here, uh, Nico is saying, I'll give everyone an extra free share for who signs up today. There you Ooh. guys go. So you, you need a reason to sign up. There you go. Nico's got you guys covered right there as well. All right, uh, so what, the, what we're going to be doing with the show is going over the full cards. So we're starting from the bottom, going to the top, giving our perspective on every single matchup from a, a quick prediction standpoint, but then also how that stock is going to fare moving forward, whether they win, lose, uh, or if they're probably even going to get cut from the UFC, right? There's usually a, a couple pink slips that are headed uh, a couple people's way. So that is something definitely to keep an eye on when breaking down these fights. So uh, Clint, unless there's something that I missed... Let's get right into this thing. Anything you want to add before we get into the breakdowns, my friend? No, no. So as most of you know, Locke and I do shows uh, talking gambling and talking fighting and all that stuff. This is going to be a little bit less of that because we've already broken all these fights down for you. Both of us on our channels, on the other shows that we're doing guest spots for, we've already technically broken down each of these fights. So we're going to be really focused on the prediction strike aspect of it where we think these stocks are going. So yes, we'll tell you whether we think they win or lose on Saturday, buy and sell on that kind of a stock. But we'll look back at where they're at or where they've been and then 
kind of try to project whether they're going to continue moving up or down from Saturday, give you an idea of really how to use this stock from a prediction strike specific standpoint. So like for our first fight of the evening, you know, we've got Blood Diamond taking on Orion Kosi. And Blood Diamond obviously is brand new. So we've got this thing tabbed over to one week at the moment. I can move it to one month, three months, one year, whatever. It'll show you the inception point of this stock. He actually came in at 88 cents. Everybody bought in on Blood Diamond and he moved up to nearly a dollar. After that, he flopped against Jeremiah Wells <laughs> and he uh, dipped all the way down to this 67 cent mark. Now he's gained about a cent back here at the end. There's been a little bit of a buy on Blood Diamond, but... Uh, Honestly, Locke, you and I have both broken down this card. I don't see this particular stock going much of anywhere. I, I don't think he gets by Kosi on Saturday. And even if he does get maybe one more shot in the UFC, this is not a stock that I would suggest people buy on. What about you? I absolutely agree with you, man. Like, it's going to be tough to see Diamond go out there and get actual wins inside the UFC. Being a 34-year-old coming into the UFC with less than five professional MMA fights of experience, and even the experience that he does have against very low-level competition and very yeah. sketchy competition to begin with, there's not much hope for a guy like this to go out there and have tremendous amount of success on the UFC stage. And even from a, a fighter stock uh, perspective, right? Like, how much higher can he really get, especially if he's not going to be able to go out there and and get a W. I think at best, should he lose this fight, which the odds are indicating that he's going to lose this fight, unless the UFC matches him up with like a, another striker, what, what are we doing, right? Like, 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 this is two fights now in the UFC that is going up against grapplers. Like, what did he do wrong to be like, hey, I'm ready for a full MMA fight here? No, <laughs> you're in the UFC because of Israel Adesanya, and as Izzy's boy, Izzy should have been like, hey, like, you should give this guy a little bit more of a favorable matchup, right? Like a storm Phil Rowe instead of Ryan Kosi, who's going to be looking to take you to the ground and exploit your big, biggest weakness. So, uh, you know, diamond diamond stock likely not going anywhere, but the 28 year old Ryan Kosi has some upside, you know, that 90 cents could turn into a dollar, a dollar, 20, a dollar 30, uh, eventually, especially after a big win here. I think he could actually get a couple more big wins inside the UFC. Although their cardio, him and his brother, their cardio will usually keep them from being in a top 15 range. They can still go out there and beat on some of these guys that are in that top 20 to top 40 range inside the UFC. So at 90 cents, I don't think he's a bad pickup for anybody looking to to acquire somebody below that dollar mark here uh, going into this weekend's card. What are you th What are you thinking? I tend to agree. I mean, as you can see, he was uh, actually just added today. So this stock is brand spanking new at 90 cents here. But the Kosi brothers, you know, they come off the contender series. So, you know, they're going to go ahead and get this, uh, the rub from coming off the contender series. And he's got that skill set that you're looking for, right? He's got the farm strength. He's got the wrestling background. We know he hits hard. He's pretty tough. The cardio is something that can come. The cardio is something that can be patched up. The fight IQ is something that they'll work on over there with Faber. So, yeah, I think he's a guy that can hang around at least for a while, if nothing else. You might want to pump and dump this guy, you know, see what his next matchup is. But if you buy in right now for the 90 cents, he gets by Blood Diamond, sit on it, wait and see who they match him up the next time, and then kind of decide to make a move from there. Yeah, it's similar to what I did with uh, Jared Cannonier earlier this year where I bought on him going into the Derek Brunson fight, knowing if he won that fight, he'll likely get a title shot. I got my little bit of profit off of Jared Cannonier, ended up flipping him after that Derek Brunson fight. Actually, I flipped him after they announced the Israel Adesanya fight because I'm like, he's not beating it, is he? So I might as well <laughs> get uh, the profit that I got off him from the Brunson fight and get him out of here. So uh, you could do the exact same thing with Kosi in this spot. Exactly. That's the move. I mean, remember, guys, this is a stock market. It is not the same thing as as straight up betting. So if you get in on somebody, the idea is to get out on them at some point down the road, sell high. You know, you're not just going to ride and, and win or lose. That's the end of the tale. So the next fight up, we've got Ihor taking on Nikolai Nego Marianu. And you know what, man? Ihor, another one of these guys just barely added to the game, comes in at a dollar. I'm a little surprised at how much love he is getting straight off the bat here. He is giving me serious Jiri vibes, right? Like this guy is either going to come in and be an absolute monster or he's going to come in and he's going to be nothing. So questionable uh, wrestling, grappling, questionable level of competition so far prior to the UFC. I bet Nikolai Negamarianu myself. So I would not be jumping in 
on IHOR at this dollar price tag that they're giving us. If you think he might stand a chance to do something in the UFC, if you think maybe he is going to get better, I mean, take that blind leap of faith. I would be hoping that Nigga Mariano gets it done on Saturday and then maybe come back and buy on him at like 80 cents or something like that myself. Yeah, the the line even flipped on this fight, which I found very interesting, right? We're now getting Nego Mariano as a slate favorite going into the spot. But a dollar is not a bad entry point on a guy that could potentially, you know, make some noise in, in this division. If his, you know, sketchy record on the regional scene, uh, you know, was legitimate in terms of him being that much better than those guys. And that's why he's getting these quick finishes over these guys. Maybe he goes in there and finishes Nego Mariano w- with relative ease. And you'll see that price go up to about $1.30, $1.40. As well, so uh, good buy-in point for Ehor if you like that side. Personally, I don't. This would be the fourth straight victory for Nego Mariano if he actually ends up pulling it off. Maybe he rises a little bit as well. Um, but even his longevity inside the middleweight division, once he starts knocking on that top fifteen, it's going to be. Oh, sorry, in the the light heavyweight division, I should say. Once he starts knocking on that top fifteen, it's going to get harder and harder for him to get those wins. So maybe it might be another similar thing to the Orion Kosi fight possible pump and dub situation here get the profit from this fight and then just get on out of here yeah yeah i i can agree with you there i mean we can see nega mariano came in about the same entry point came in at a, a dollar himself when they first made the stock and right here you can always see the little pump and dump he skyrockets in value after the win and then he comes down just a smidge because everybody b- decides to jump ship after they go ahead and get that profit on him right now sitting about a dollar 16 like I said, I bet Nega Mariano. I am picking him to win on Saturday. I like your idea of potentially a pump and dump here. He's not a guy that I have belief in long term. He's not a skilled fighter. He hits hard. He's durable. I think that's enough to get him by Ihor. And if you want to get in here and try and make a quick buck, this is the type of guy that I think can lean on that UFC caliber experience, get the dub on Saturday. But yeah, I definitely don't think I want to pile loads of money in on him as a long term investment necessarily. Yeah, pump and dump. I'm in on the Nego Mariano side. I like it. I like it. We're in agreement there. So next up, we got the ladies' fight of the evening here. Well, not the only one, but uh, the first one here. Ji Yoon Kim taking on Jocelyn Edwards. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, Locke, you and I agreed on this one on the show as well, did we not? Yes, we did. And I think we saw both the same things here. Very interesting that Kim is around 66 uh, cents here, but that probably has to do with the fact that she's on a three-fight losing streak. Could be on the chopping block as well. So if you're buying into her this weekend, just know that there is a possibility that she could be out of the UFC with the with the UFC loss here, or sorry, with a loss here against Jocelyn Edwards. But luckily, me and Clint are on the underdog here in Kim and believe that her superior striking Technically speaking, we'll likely get her the leg up here on Edwards. Edwards, you know, we we know her style can be flaky at times. She can beat the Ramona Pasquales of the world. But when you're getting hurt to the body over and over again by a girl like Ramona Pasquale, what do you think my girl Fire Fist is going to do when Ji Young Kim starts landing those hooks to the body and starts uh, putting the power behind it as well? So I, I think there could be some value here on the 66 cents of Kim if you buy in here, especially with her getting a win over Edwards. Got to believe she'll probably take that 80 cent to 90 cent range that Edwards is currently in. Um, I don't think there's much longevity for Edwards personally. I don't think she has a winning style to be in the UFC, although she has gotten a couple of dubs to this point. I don't see much longevity behind it. Kim, in my opinion, is a much more reliable fighter. Um, again, three fight losing streak doesn't look the best. She did get robbed in her last fight, but I do think she could, uh, you know, if she mixes it up very well here, maybe introduces some grappling into her game, she could find some more uh, upside and, and more longevity with inside the UFC. So um, I don't mind the 66 cents, honestly, uh, Clint. I, I probably purchase it myself. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, Locke. I, I'm not an Edwards believer in general. And I do think that Kim has the long-term upside potentially. Uh, Both these fighters are really cheap to get in on anything under a dollar. You know, you're going to be able to get several shares of these fighters. Speaking of which, that's something we didn't touch on right up here in the side. This is how you buy and sell on your stocks here. You simply enter in, you know, the number of shares that you want. If we were to buy 10 shares of Jiyoung Kim, you know, that's still only $6.77. There is a slight transaction fee, just like the regular stock market would have. And then you can sit on that stock as long as you want. This is a good low level entry point for someone like Ji and Kim, who I do think she got robbed in a couple fights, man. She's been very yeah. competitive in a lot of these fights. She could put together a run of two or three victories in a row. You buy in low, you sit on that stock, 
and hope she gets a couple of dubs. I think that's the way to go. I do think she gets by Edwards on Saturday, and 66 cents is a buy low spot here considering she opened up at this uh you know 93 cent nearly a dollar when they first created her stock so yeah i'd be right there with you on uh, the geo and kim side of things yeah i don't think there's much longevity on the edwards side like i said i i really don't think she'll be able to compete with the upper level whereas kim we know her technical strike could get her victories in those spots so edward or sorry kim seems to be the side here even from a stocks perspective Agreed. Agreed. All right. So we got another UFC newcomer here, Adam Fugit, who is setting the bar for, I think, the <laughs> lowest stock price tag we have ever seen. He gets brought in at 35 cents. I mean, if that tells you anything about what everybody thinks of this man, if you're looking for a buy low entry point, dear God, do you have a buy low entry point here for 35 cents a share? Adam Fugit's, you know, mom and dad are going to buy every <laughs> last share of this man at 35 cents a pop. You know, his opponent, though, Michael Morales, this is the real star of the show, right? This guy's coming off the contender series. He's already had a big win in the UFC. Look at this leap from his inception at a dollar and six cents, bumped all the way up to a dollar forty. Three And then even with the dump, even with people selling off after that win, he has climbed his way all the way back up to $1.46. You know, I think it's pretty obvious long term which one of these guys is, is more investable. Um, but hey, if you've got that itch, if you think Fugit could cause a problem, like I said, there's no lower buy low spot, quite literally, <laughs> than 35 cents. <laughs> Uh, this is one of those spots where we really have to take a look at the age as well, right? You got uh, Michael Morales, who's 23 years old. Fugit on the other side is 33 years old. So even though he's making his UFC debut here at 35 cents, like how much quality time do we really have with this guy uh, in the next coming fights? I, I love his style. You love his style from when we broke this fight down earlier this week. So we think he can actually get a couple of wins. So he might even be just an auto buy at 35 cents. Um, I don't know if he can go any lower, even if he ends up taking the L this weekend. But at 35 cents, I think taking a couple of shares on him, he can go out there and beat some of the lower level guys in the UFC. I have absolutely no doubt about it. So I guarantee that that 35 cents, you know, this time next year will probably be closer to a dollar, maybe even a dollar 20. So this is one of those long-term spots for Fugit, in my opinion. But you want to talk about long-term? Michael Morales could be that long-term play as well at $1.46. He has a ton of potential, very skilled kid. I think he's still raw in a couple aspects of his game, but he makes it up for it with his athleticism. And I think that will allow him to be a very good long-term play in this spot. So I'd say probably get in on Morales now if you want because that price is going to obviously go up this weekend if you go, go out there and get a highlight reel finish over Fugit. But even if he doesn't finish Fugit, if he loses against Fugit, that price might go down a little bit, but I still expect him to go out there and get quality UFC wins, which will bring that number closer to $2 maybe a year from now as well. So uh, I think both guys, honestly, have a pretty bright stock future. Agreed. Agreed. I actually think both these guys can have some returns. I mean, Fugit, he, he's what, 33 years old? So he's probably not going to go super long in the UFC. I doubt he's going to get a belt wrapped around his waist. But like you said, we're looking for returns. He's coming in at 35 cents. If they just, as long as the UFC doesn't straight up cut him on a first yeah. L, if he gets two <laughs> or three UFC fights and he gets up to 80 cents, I mean, you know, that's that's where most of these stocks are coming in. That's where they're opening a lot of these is at a dollar, at 90 cents, at 80 cents. If he gets anywhere near that, you're talking about doubling your investment here on the kids. So I don't mind to buy semi-long term on either of these guys. I'm right there with you, my man. All right. So the next one we want to talk about is going to be Hoffa Garcia. He is taking on Drakkar Close. And Garcia is a guy that I actually personally really like. I like everything he brings to the table. I worry a little bit about his cardio, obviously. But besides that, he's got a real well-rounded skill uh, skill set. And he's young. He's pretty young. Came in, uh, opened up here at 85 cents, immediately took a jump up, had some good fights in the UFC. I think he jumped up off a loss, by the way. I think that was uh, you know, an immediate buy-on, even though he didn't fight. win his debut. And he's just climbed ever since. He's been a good soldier for anybody who's been backing him. $1.27. He's, what, 27 years old, I think, going off of memory here. So Garcia is a guy, regardless of outcome this week, that he's another one I think would be worth maybe putting some investment into. I'm not as high on Garcia as you are, but he can go out there and beat the Natan Levies of the world, right? But how many of those Natan Levy-type matchups is he going to get? 
or even a Jesse Ronson type matchup can he get? I, I'm not fully sold on the Garcia side. He might raise in stock a little bit, but I definitely think we're going to see him take a dip this weekend when he takes IL to close. Speaking of close, at $1.21, I don't think that's a bad entry on a guy that you feel is somewhat reliable to go out there and just grind out most of these wins, right? He has quality wins on his record, right? Most notably the Bobby Green win, win that he was able to get a um Back in 2018, Lando Venata, Marty Casey, you know, solid wins. Christos Yagos as well. It's just about time that he starts moving back up the rankings, right? The Benio Darius fight put him back a little bit. He bounced back with that Brandon Jenkins fight. Now he's getting the Rafa Garcia fight. Another win over Rafa Garcia here could possibly put him closer to that top 15, which is where he was before that lengthy layoff uh, from that Jeremy Stevens debacle. So yeah. $1.21 might not be a bad entry point uh, on Dracar Close here. What's confusing to me here, Locke? Now, again, we're talking stocks. We're not talking money lines. Yeah. Why is Garcia more expensive than close? This is baffling to me that even though I'm relatively high on Garcia, like what has he done that's been more impressive than what Drakkar Close has done? I, I don't know that there's anything. So yeah, just looking at these price tags, it seems like Close should be a little bit higher. And especially if he does get the win on Saturday, you would expect that number to jump. This could be a spot where you could get in on a guy who's being quite frankly, blatantly undervalued by this market, right? People are not buying on close the way they are buying on uh, Hoffa Garcia. I think close at $1.21 is probably something that you could spare a few dollars on. I agree. And what I'm I'm just spitballing here, I think it could be that layoff that we saw a close take after the Benio Darius fight. Like I'm yeah. I'm even noticing when I bought in on my Shmaev and on Kalev stocks, when they weren't active, the stock was going down a little bit, right? You want guys that are gonna be consistent and gonna remain active. And Car Close, let's face it, since 2020, he's only had that one fight against Brandon Jenkins. Mm -hmm. So if he can continue the the activity and stay consistent by stepping inside the cage, I think we'll see that number close. And I think we're going to actually see it uh, this weekend when he goes out there and gets the dub over Garcia here. Hopefully that brings him up closer to a dollar 40 ish. Agreed. Agreed. It's going to take, by the way, it's going to take some time for us to get used to these numbers, everybody, because prediction strike is so new. We're kind of spitballing. I would love to, you know, see what this number looks like after the win or the loss on Saturday for these guys. Cause you know, ballparking close at a dollar 40 ish, like who knows, who knows? Because everyone may pile in on him and that might skyrocket up to a dollar 70. Maybe he only moves up to a dollar 25 because the market still is not high on him. Like this is a legitimate stock market. So we're going to be watching it. And that's the fun of the show that we're doing here is we really are going to get to keep an eye on these things. Yeah, um, but one thing I want one thing I want to do, and I'm going to start to keep uh, kind of a track of it, and they already kind of keep track of it on their website as well. But like seeing the exact differences in their price tags from the next time that we break them down, right? So Jakar close right now, dollar twenty one before he faces off with Garcia UFC two seventy seven, three four maybe five months down the road when he fights again. Let's see where that stock is and what all what that win for Rafa Garcia actually did for him. Yep, absolutely, I like it, man. So the next fight up, Hamdi is going to be taking on, uh, let's see here, Dante Mays. For some reason, I blanked on that name. Locke, why is Hamdi opening up at a dollar? That was my <laughs> first question. We saw this thing, and we're like looking through the numbers, making our little graphics here. And I'm like, why is Hamdi a dollar? Like they put poor Adam Fugit down at 35 cents, but Hamdi gets a buck. I don't, this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Maybe it's the Egyptian wrestling background that automatically sets about a dollar or something like that, right? Like that's that's got to be what it is. But I we've, guess we've seen the breakdowns for this fight all week. Like the fact that I bet. Dante Mays at that minus 135-ish range. And now we're seeing him close in on that minus 200 range. Just lets you know what the public thinks of Abdel Wahab in this spot. Um, I don't know anybody that's going to be willing to buy his stock. Like, I, I really see no legitimate future for his stock. Maybe in his next fight, like depending on the level of competition he's going up against, I'm sure there are a couple guys he might be able to grind out with his wrestling approach, but I don't see much longevity in the UFC for this guy. Like I am not impressed with what I've been seeing from him. And I just don't know how it's going to apply when once he really starts, you know, taking even more steps up in competition. Dante Mays is like the bottom of the top 15, right? How is he going to get into the top 15 going out there and fighting these guys? So he's 29 years old. Um, so he's still kind of young, especially for a heavyweight standard. But I just don't I, I don't believe in his skill set to go out there and get consistent UFC wins here. So this might be one of those spots where you wait until after this fight. 
see the price drop on Abdel Wahab, see who they're going to match him up with next, and then decide whether you want to, you know, get in on whether it's a pump and dump type of approach or even just hold on to him because you could go out there and grind out some of these guys on the lower end of the UFC division. On the Dontel Mays side of things, I think he wins this weekend, but another guy that I feel like is going to be capped in terms of, you know, not ever really touching that top 10 of the heavyweight division. He might be able to beat up on the Abdel Wahabs of this uh, UFC d- division or the the Josh Parisians, but like, how much is that truly going to affect his stock? Maybe he can get to a dollar fifty, a dollar sixty, depending on the level of competition he goes up against. But I'm not totally sold that he can go out there and, and get this one. Just just for perspective's sake, he was scheduled to fight Justin Taffa on this card instead of Abdel Wahab. Mm-hmm. So maybe he he would have beaten a guy like Taffa as well. So uh, personally, for me, I don't see any longevity in regard in either side uh, of this fight. If I were kind of like gun to my head, who which stock would I rather have? It would definitely be the Dontel May side. But uh, I think this is one that people can just completely pass on. Yeah, I would agree, man. I mean, Abdel Wahab reminds me of uh, Zarukadashev, right? A guy that everyone touted as a high level kickboxer, but he's only three and zero in MMA. Comes to the UFC and just kind of flared out, you know, couldn't really do it. They used him to buff up a couple resumes. That's kind of what he reminds me of. He just doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the, the competition level to make any type of a real run. In my opinion, we'll see, we'll see it's heavyweight. Maybe he can whack a couple dudes in the head and knock them out clean. And he sticks around for a while, but I, I'm expecting him to go, you know, Oh, and two, Oh, and three and, and get dropped from the organization after buffing a few resumes. Dante Mays though, maybe I'm just different from everybody else Locke, but I'm higher on him than I think like the entire rest of MMA Twitter is. I think that he is a a building monster. He is a prototype and just needs time and training to put all the pieces of his toolbox together. Once he does that, I actually think Dante Mays might be a bit of a problem. He's a physical freak, man. The guy is absolutely huge. If he can string all of his skills together and has the time to get the rounds Fights like this one where he can get valuable experience in the cage and, and you know, get tested where he's not going to just get destroyed by someone like Cyril Ghosn. I think he can actually turn into a little bit of something. So I wouldn't mind investing in Dante Mays. Um, I think he's going to get a win on Saturday. Whether or not that win moves his stock up is the question to be had here because I don't know if that win really means anything for him in the long term. He's kind of bumped up immediately and stagnated ever so slightly downward uh, since he got added to prediction strike. But like I said, I I would think that the UFC continues feeding him these training wheels types of fights until they feel like he's ready to actually take somebody on. And once he's ready to take somebody on, if that's, you know, a year down the line or so, I think he might be ready to pass that test. So for me personally, I would be looking to be okay with buying in on Dante Mays at $1.22. I will say this as well in regards to something that we've been seeing as we're breaking down these fights now. The longer you stay inactive, the more your price will likely drop. But do not let that scare you off of, you know, keeping that stock. Because once they fight again, that stock will go back up if he wins or it will go back to roughly around where you ended up buying it, maybe even a little bit more. So don't let the inactivity scare you off of a certain fighter and seeing the number drop on a week-to-week basis. Just know that once they fight again, it should go all back to normal. Diamond hands, baby. People get scared because of the long yep. layoff and sell. Why? Mm-hmm. Nothing changed. Exactly. <laughs> Next up, we got Rafael Alves taking on Drew Dober. Alves sitting about a dollar and twenty-eight cents here. Another guy that came in about a buck immediately jumped up. Guy got me. He got me. I tried. <laughs> I tried to fade the uh, the round one bomb when he fought <laughs> DKC. When he fought DKC, but he got me. And uh, he's been holding strong at that mark ever since. I mean, again, this is that entry-level point that we tend to see a lot on guys, so it kind of makes sense. I'm still not sure if he's round one or bust or if he has 15 minutes worth of fighting in his tank. I'm, I'm not sure. But his opponent, Drew Dober, he's been around forever. Look at the roller coaster of this guy's chart here on prediction strike he's currently a dollar and 38 cents but i mean this is a guy that's fought some of the best of the division he's given some guys that are fighting for the title a really good go of it he's got the experience he's got the skill set like if anything i feel like this is a cheap entry on drew dober and i'm still just not sold on rafael alves i I feel like if he continues to club and sub people in round one like that's only going to take him so far he can't do that to everybody eventually i need to see a full 15 minute performance from him before i'm ready to just uh absolutely pile in and buy on him here 
Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, and I quickly want to pull this up here just so I can kind of fact my fact check myself as I'm saying it. But Rafael Alves actually clean sweeped round three on all judges scorecards uh, against Demiris Magulov, which is very did impressive. He really, he did. I, I remember, you know, I had a decent investment on Ismagulov that night, and I remember cropping my pants a little bit in that third round, hoping that Ismagulov did enough in those first two rounds. If you guys remember, he got hurt very bad in he the first little opening there, <laughs> but uh, he did manage to swing back in that first round and uh, won it on all judges' scorecards. But uh, he did end up dropping the third round to Alves. So this first round robust narrative, I, I kind of understand it. That is, you know, even if you just look at his record, that kind of seems like how he fights, but. Don't count out him being live later in these fights. It's absolutely possible, especially with him being able to muster up the energy and the power that he can. Uh, personally, I, I took the half unit shot on him to win in round one this weekend at plus 650. I think it's absolutely worth a shot, especially considering uh, the deteriorating durability of Dober, it seems like, right? Like, it, it, obviously, he got hurt very bad in his last fight against Terrence McKinney, didn't get put out, got hurt multiple times by Brad Riddell. Alves could absolutely bring the heat here and put Brad Riddell or Drew Dober out and maybe even choke him out. And you could see a, you know, a spike in his price here at, you know, maybe get up to that dollar forty, dollar fifty range as well. Um, in terms of longevity, though, I'm just not sold that he'll go out there and sneak into that two dollar or even three dollar range. Um, he's 31 years old, so he's not super old or anything like that, but this is a very competitive, lightweight division, and I just don't see how his style will go out there and uh you know, deal with guys that can survive that early onslaught and then start taking over later. So I'll go Alves uh, in terms of a pick. In terms of stocks, like Dober, I, I feel like he's showing us all that he can really give us at this point. 33 okay. years old. He'll be 34 in October. I just don't think there's much uh, future for his stock. Maybe he wins this weekend. Maybe he goes up a little bit, but... In terms of a, a super long term, like you want to hold on for a year or more, I, I just don't know if Dobrik can give us that consistency against high level competition to make it worth it. Fair enough. Hey, I want to shout out real quick here, Pete G in the chat saying, uh, a bit confused over the promo. Is it really worth a dollar or so? And he says, I'm new to this. So Pete, just want to let you know, man, this is a totally different way of betting. It is a stock market. So we've got every single sport under the sun, baseball, basketball, football, anything you watch is going to have a athlete here listed by their name. It's more of a long-term type of gambling. So if you've got $1, then I would say this maybe isn't the best for you unless you want to you know, buy three shares of Fugit and hope it turns into something down the line. Uh, because as these fighters win or lose, rise and fall, you're going to be able to try to sell out at some point down the line to cash in on that investment. It's an actual stock market. So these would be more you know, mid to long-term investments for you. And I would say that $1 doesn't necessarily do the bill. You'd want to, you know, five or 10 bucks, get that in and, and see if that can grow into something a bit larger, double the price of a stock, and then get out, sell high when your fighter is, you know, uh, headed for a title shot, you think they're going to lose or something like that. We see I, most of the title contenders are up in the $4 range. So we're talking about a lot of guys that are coming in at 80 cents to a dollar, a dollar 25 we're looking to find somebody that we can buy on that we think is going to sail all the way up to that $4 mark. And then you can sell on them after you've had your investment really take off from the, uh, the $1 or 80 cent point. I, I think his question was more so like, what stock do I get if I use this promo code and all that? I believe you can pick any stock that you want, as long as you deposit at least $20 or more into your wallet per se, into the website. That's what it is. Like you have to create a wallet on the website that you keep your capital in. And then from your capital is where you purchase uh, whatever stocks you want to purchase on fighters. So you get one free fighter stock, no matter who it is, uh, if you make a deposit of $20 or more. Okay. Well, there you go. No matter what your question actually was, you got your answer. <laughs> I think we answered it. Yeah, yeah. I think we answered it. We're good. We're good. We're good. And Next uh, sorry, up. just one more one more uh, thing here. LeBron Games saying as if this is only available in the States. According to our guy, Nico, uh, from Prediction Strike, he's saying it's going to start opening up in much more countries at the end of the year. So just keep your eyes out for Prediction Strike. There you go. It is something that you want to keep your eye on. If they are not available in your area, they are spreading like wildfire. All right. Alex Morona taking on Matt Simi. The Jedi, semi the Jedi, Semmelsberger. Guys, I, I like Matt uh, Semmelsberger. I like him a lot. 
and he is only a dollar and 20 cents. I actually think this is a pretty solid investable spot here. He's tall. He's rangy. He's long. He hits hard. He's shown a willingness to die in the cage. He's got that toughness that you're looking for at a dollar and 20 cents. I absolutely think that this is a young growing fighter who can really get up into that, you know, $2 and 83 cent range. Maybe he's never fighting for a title. You know, maybe he doesn't hit that $4 peak, but I do think you can get some return on investment here at this $1.20 price tag. And someone like Morono, who's really established himself as a gatekeeper here, is the kind of guy he needs to show he can beat to jump to that next level. He's got all the tools. He's got all the pieces. If he can put it all together and get the win, he is all set. Now, it's interesting that these guys have the same price tag on them. Oh, for some reason, it looks like I don't have... Uh, Alex Morono somehow I missed that one when I set this up so let me find our guy Alex Morono here he is he's been in the UFC a whole heck of a lot longer and he has never budged from this ballpark right he came in at a dollar his high point was almost a dollar 50 and then he came back down to a dollar 20 this is what your standard lifer UFC guy looks like he's only a dollar and 20 cents but he's been here forever he's gonna have some fun fights he's gonna fight some legends He's never going to get up to a title shot. This is the kind of guy you want to avoid, in my opinion, Locke. Win or lose on Saturday, I don't expect this stock to move very much. Yeah, with the Morona side, I already feel like we've seen his ceiling. So, like, may, he might go up, you know, maybe 10, 20 cents, but I don't think we're going to ever see him uh, uh, peak that $2 mark. Um, we know what kind of fighter he is, and, and you laid it out perfectly, man. He is a gatekeeper at best and if semelsberger can't get past him we kind of know the cap on semelsberger as well uh, although i i'll say this stylistically speaking i just don't know if it's a good matchup for semelsberger and at 29 years old for semels uh, i i think that he could get some legitimate ufc wins uh, especially as he starts uh, really honing his craft and really getting that experience against high level competition so in terms of a stock perspective i think semelsberger is the more valuable one out of the two here um uh, I am betting against him in this spot, but in terms of his longevity, I think he has more longevity than Morono, uh, especially seeing where Morono's uh, skill level is capped at at this point in time. So uh, you're putting a gun to my head in terms of a stock to invest in. I would rather go Summersberger than Morono. Yeah, see, and that's the interesting part. We are talking stocks. Locke doesn't want to bet on Matt on Saturday, but if you're looking for a place to invest longer term, that's probably the side that you want to take here. Next up, my twin, my guy, Anthony Smith, he has taken on Locke's favorite fighter and someone who he owns a share of in our Fighter Stonks contest. You know it. None other than Magomed <laughs> Ankalaev. And we've got some big numbers to talk about here, Locke. Magomed is a, is $4.55. He hasn't even touched a title shot yet, and he's $4.55. We've talked about how this appears to be the MMA range for these guys. He peaked up at four ninety, immediately fell off a cliff, and he's worked his way back up ever since. I think this has probably got to be right around. I don't know. That was uh, earlier this year that people dumped off of Magomed and Khalid for whatever reason. I was going to say that's probably the Paul Craig fight, but I guess not. Uh, Anthony Smith on the other side, he's another one of these lifers, right? He's had his title shot. He came in right around this uh, $4 mark, and he's just kind of bounced up and down here. Even if he does get a title shot, no one's ever going to expect him to win it. I can't invest in Anthony Smith. He's just not a stock that you want to buy on at this stage of his career, at this age, at $4 a share. You're not going to ever get any money back from that investment, in my opinion. Magomed Ankaliyev on the other side of things, it's a foregone conclusion that this guy is going to be a title holder. Everyone knows he's going to get the title shot next, right? Right? Unless Anthony Smith spoils the party here on Saturday, Don't which I'm dare. praying for. Um, <laughs> he, I, he's another one that's hard for me personally to invest in, Locke. Even if he does end up taking the title, is he jumping up to, what, $5 again? Like, yes, that's a 50-cent gain. That's nothing to sniff at. But at the same time, the stakes are so high at this point. If he loses and you jump in at $4.55, that's Bitcoin, baby. You're going to be left holding the bag. <laughs> I personally, when I bought on him, uh, uh, it was closer to like $3 and 30 ish cents and he's gained roughly over 35 percent for me you did ever well. since i purchased him for that uh that fighter stong segment that we had um but but that dip that you're seeing there so that was the night that he actually ended up beating tiago santos a lot of people bought in on them there and then they ended up dumping it which brought him down to about four dollars and 20 cents but as you see 
as the time goes on, as his next, next fight gets booked against Anthony Smith, he raises back up in price and goes back up to about $4.55. I'm expecting a similar thing to happen here where if he gets the win, his price might skyrocket again closer to that $5 mark. And then I think we're going to see another dump on him as well. So that that is something that I've been noticing a lot of guys been taking advantage of like in these early phases of Prediction Strike is just pumping and dumping on the same night. But I think as Prediction Strike continues to grow, we're going to see that start to level out and people will start to play the long-term game and really hold on to these stocks rather than selling them after they win uh, right away. And that obviously depends on fighter to fighter, right? Like if you think it's yeah. just a specific stylistic matchup that they're going to thrive in, sure, I get the pump and dump situation similar to the Ryan Kosey stock that we were talking about early today. But like if you truly believe they can go out there and be champion, then hold on to it. Like I think Uncle Ive could be champion, and I'm glad that I got in closer to that three dollars and forty cent or thirty cent mark that I got in at. I'm expecting it to get to that five dollar mark. So he should go out there and win this fight. He's thirty years old, so even if he does capture the title, his stock will probably still stay pretty high, and hopefully it continues to rise. But uh, yeah, Smith, thirty four years old. We know he's more so on the back end, even though he's on a three fight winning streak albeit that one asterisk against Jimmy Crute where Crute's foot just give up on him. But uh, we know uh, Smith more than likely is not going to be able to capture that title. Uncle Ive is the one with a brighter future, brighter stock potential as well. How much higher can he go? That is yet to be seen, but I'm strapped in for the ride and I can't wait. You're right, Luck. That one fight where Anthony Smith destroyed Jimmy Crute's leg, that was an interesting circumstance, in fact. Give my guy some credit. So just to <laughs> uh, just to compare, you know, look over here. We've got Robbie Ray. Uh, he's sitting at $12. And we, you know what I mean? Like these baseball players are all the way, some of them are up over that $10 mark, $9. You, you guys, MMA is a small market right now, much like, you know, everything that we do. MMA still has a long way to go. So these champions, hopefully these numbers keep on rising seriously long long term investment wise if you want to sit on something for a couple of years it's not a bad idea to buy low on some of these fighters that you think have serious potential upside because as the, the sports popularity grows these numbers should continue to go up another one that's tough in my opinion here is alex perez he reminds me a whole lot of our guy anthony smith that we just talked about never budged off of this four dollar mark i don't know that it's ever going much higher even if he does end up getting you know, the title shot type of situation. Is he going to go up to 450? Is he going to go up to five bucks? We're talking about the weight division that he's in with guys like Kaikara France, Brandon Morano. Like, I just don't know if he's that guy. So personally, I'm not buying on Alex Perez at this price tag. Pantoja, similar story. You know, he came in at $4.25 and has similarly flatlined. I think Pantoja probably has a slightly higher ceiling. He's got wins over some of the guys that are fighting for the title right now. So if you were going to invest in either one of these guys, it would be Pantoja. Again, that price tag is just a, a little too high for my taste. I don't want to jump in at $4, but Pantoja is probably the guy out of these two if I had to make an investment today that I would take. Yeah, this fight, I, I've been saying it all week. I've done numerous streams this week where like this is the most volatile fight for me. I just feel like the public is very low on Perez right now because of that last performance against Davison Figueiredo. Uh, obviously, it doesn't really help his stock in terms of being this... Uh, um, uh, this inactive and sticking around that $4 mark is very impressive to me, but I really think that we'll see um, a, a close price, uh, close spot here. <laughs> Thomas Kane wants to know the, the price on Myra Bueno. So much. she's what, or is that 58 cents? Yep. 58 cents. There you go. Pulled her up for you. If you really think Myra Bueno's got some, uh, got some upside there. You Might go. as well she's get nice in on cheap. that then. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no true thoughts on this. I, I think that Pantoja, very skilled fighter, he should win this fight, which is why obviously he's the favorite in this spot, but I could absolutely see him fumbling the bag as well. So um, I, I really don't have much to, to say to this. I actually, I will say this though, this fight will likely line up uh, another like number one contender slash possible title shot situation, uh, especially if Pantoja is the one who ends up getting his hand raised here. Um, I, I spoke to Mark Montoya earlier today, and we're trying to figure out where Brandon Roy Val sits in all of this flyweight debacle. And they're My saying guy. that they had a couple of names that were thrown at them, but they're going to sit and wait and see what happens this weekend, then decide how they're going to march on forward. So flyweight, very sketchy at this point in time. So be, uh, be cautious when you're investing in some of these flyweight spots. 
I love me some raw dog Brandon Roy Val. Problem is that guy's damn durability, his elbows and his shoulders and stuff. It's tough. All right. Oh, so tough. So, sorry, one more thing before we move on here. Uh, I do, at the end of the stream, we'll look to do is look at what all the champions are priced at. I see my guy, Justin Villegas, yeah. here trying to figure out where Usman is at. He thinks he's at $8.50. I quickly looked it up. He's at $6.15. So if we just quickly go through all the champions, we can kind of see where the ceiling right now is for these champions. And obviously, as prediction strike starts to grow, those numbers will grow, just as like we saw with the baseball players, basketball players. Uh, the more money inside that stock market, the higher the value of some of these fighters can get. So go ahead. Okay. And uh, just uh, scrolling up through the chat here, and Vulcan Ardick saying, why not compare him to Henry? Vulcan, do you mean Henry Cejudo? I think you want me to compare Abdul Hab, the guy who just, you know, bare knuckle FC, the guy who looks like a bowl of jello, to the triple C Henry Cejudo? I'm not saying never because this is mixed martial arts and humans can do some amazing things, but buddy, I'm going to need to see something before I talk about him in the same <laughs> air as I do Henry freaking Cejudo. Good luck on Saturday. You know, he's got an opportunity to prove us all wrong. We will see. Um, next up, Sergey Pavlovich taking on Derek the Black Beast Lewis. Sergey is already up at that $2 mark. And look at this pump and dump, folks. He opens up here. Crazy. $1.25 skyrockets to $2.65 and plummets down to $1.85. And another one that has slowly worked itself back up. You know, Sergey's a guy, Locke, I can't get a good read on. He is an absolute freak. He's huge. He hits hard. He's got fast hands. But we haven't seen him out of the first round in the UFC ever. And the only guys that he's beaten are guys that have been released by the promotion. I don't have a good feel. I don't necessarily want to jump in at $2 on this guy because I feel like he's, it's a coin flip. Like he could be awful and just be a big throwing hammers type of heavyweight. Don't get me wrong. He could stick around forever doing that. But he also could be maybe the next big thing because, you know, yeah, he took that first loss to an absolute stud in Alistar Overeem when he first made it to the UFC, but he's beaten everybody and impressively since then. So it's hard for me to talk down too poorly on him because you can only beat the guys the UFC puts in front of you. I just don't really like this price tag. I mean, again, the stock market is dictating he's worth $2.05. That's more than I personally want to pay. Yeah, that that again, another big blip that you're seeing there with that spike was when he knocked out Shamilo Durihimov, big pumping up like we saw with Uncle Live and Tiago Santos drops down, but you see it's slowly starting to escalate um and, and grow once he gets his matchup announced here with Derek Lewis. Uh big spot for him, right? If he goes out there and gets this win, that number will go up. That absolutely will go up because that's a win over a legitimate heavyweight contender, uh, a perennial heavyweight contender, right? Lewis is always in that discussion of that top five to top seven heavyweight spot here uh do you mind flipping on over to the Derek lewis page for me real quick absolutely uh, yeah let's let's pull that out <laughs> okay that go go to uh where it has that drop the 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 second nope the next one there what's the what, date that it shows for that uh february yeah you were just on february two so 213 but that's the that. day after two dollar so, yeah. drop off yeah that that, that might be the day the after tied i've ever seen yeah, so this might be a buy low spot for Derek Lewis, right? This might be one of those spots where he can go out there and stiff a uh, uh, heavyweight up and comer. And then that price might grow, go back up. I get it's a little bit of a pricey spot on Derek Lewis, but you know he can just change the, the, the trajectory of a fight with one big shot. And we see with that big of a drop-off, there is room for him to go back up to even halfway would be enough of an increase in your investment there to get solid profit off this spot. So it's totally up to you. If you think that he can go out there and knock out Sergey Pavlovich, I guarantee you'll get a solid return on Derek Lewis come the next day. And uh, it might be another pump and dump spot for you. But uh, yeah, like Pavlovich might be the better long-term play, but in terms of a pump and dump approach, Lewis might be the spot. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I feel like Derek Lewis is a guy that just constantly gets disrespected. Anytime he takes a loss, people just assume he's dead. You know, I know he's older. I know he's always been kind of the goofy guy in the UFC, doesn't take his job too seriously kind of thing. 
But at the end of the day, he's maybe the number one or number two hitter in the organization. Like he can, he can continue to knock out people that are not quite on his level for probably as long as he wants. So I'm not sure exactly what to do with this man at this point. I don't know if I necessarily want to buy in at $3.10. I think he's very live against Pavlovich, maybe even getting a little disrespected on Saturday. But at $3.10, yeah, I don't you know, I don't know if I want to do that either. Honestly, Locke, when it comes to a long-term investment standpoint, I don't really want to touch either of these guys. I, I kind of want to see more proof that Pavlovich is the real deal before I invest. And I don't want to buy in on anybody that's 37 years old if I'm going to tie my money up for a while. So I wouldn't really be looking to buy on Lewis either. Yeah, the, the, this one's a tough one to truly cap where where their stock could go. Obviously, Pavlovich will likely have the higher ceiling given his age compared to Lewis. But even then, like once you pass Lewis, you know, then you're getting the the Cyril Gons and the you know these higher level heavyweights, and we'll see how he fares against those guys. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. All right, guys, do us a favor. Smash that like button if you could. Brand new show. Show some love for Prediction Strike here and what we're doing. Um, Go main event. Kaikar France taking on Brandon Moreno. $5.13 for old Kaikar France. This guy came in, opened up really high at $3.50. Again, this is, this is what baffles me so much. These are flyweights, man. Like supposedly one of the most unpopular sets of fighters we've ever seen. Nobody likes the little guys. He's five bucks. He's never even Crazy. gotten a title shot before. I don't understand what this market is doing, but I get it. I love Kaikar France. He's flashy. He's got the big power. I'm not buying in before Saturday, though. Personally, I'm picking my guy, Brandon Moreno. He is the opposite story. He came in much, much higher at $5 flat, peaked a little bit, and now he's down to 417 This man is about to get gold wrapped around his waist on Saturday, and I think he can beat pretty much anybody in the division. I would be looking to buy more on Brandon Moreno than I would be on Kaikara France personally. I I absolutely agree. I, I really think that Moreno is probably going to hold that title for a couple years, man. Like, I really think he's at the top of his game right now. That Davison Figueredo fight, very, very close. One small minor adjustment from him, and he probably ends up winning that fight. But I think that this is a great matchup for him against Kaikar France. If anybody bought in on Kaikar France, uh, I think now, or, or bought in on him before the Askar Askarov fight, hats off to you. You got a solid amount of profit yeah. off that alone. But I think now would be the time to sell out. I think that you, you've gotten the maximum that you're going to get out of Car France here. Great performance against Askar Askarov, but that doesn't show me anything in terms of how he's going to approach and beat a guy like Brandon Moreno, who I think is probably the best flyweight in the world right now. Again, people might just say, oh, Davison just beat him. Again, very close margin. I think if they rematch again, Moreno will likely get the get the nod this time around. Um, yeah, $4.17. He's already championship material. And we're seeing the champions are closer to about $6. So if he gets the strap here, gets that rematch against Davison, gets the like the undisputed strap that night, you're probably getting $6 on Moreno in this spot. So uh, $4.17 wouldn't be a bad entry point on Moreno if you don't already have him. Yeah, yeah. And, and like Noah says in the chat, very weird pricing. I completely agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate a buy on Moreno. I talked about how I'm a little risk adverse to these $4 buy-in price tags, but kind of like we talked about, who else is in this division? So Figueredo, Moreno's already gone three full fights with the man. I am yeah. well aware that he could win a fourth fight if it does happen. I don't know if it's ever going to, but if it does, Moreno's getting my money in that spot. Um, Pantoja, I think Moreno wins that fight. Perez, I think Moreno wins that fight. Kaikara yeah. France, I think Moreno wins that fight. So if we're looking at a potential champion who could get the strap and hang on to it for a decent amount of time, $4 may be an expensive price tag to buy in on, but he might jump up to 5 He might jump up to 550 or 6 That's kind of where we're looking at for an investment. If you can get a decent ROI there, hanging on to this guy for a year or two, I don't hate it. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm right there with you for sure. All right. And main event time, everybody. Amanda Nunez, the goat. She opens up at a $5 price tag. 
immediately gets bought up to 567. <laughs> and I said I thought the Derek Lewis drop off was a big one. <laughs> oh baby, did she fall off the cliff here? Now she's been bought all the way back up since, which that's not a bad return on investment. If you bought on Nunez yeah. right after she lost the strap, she hasn't done shit and you've already got a dollar, you know, back on your that's investment impressive. there. That's pretty impressive just by, you know, your your reputation climbing that price tag back up there. Her opponent, Juliana Pena, you know, flip side of that equation, came in at $4. Seems maybe a little high, but, you know, Prediction Strike is new. We're still figuring all this stuff out and immediately jumps up $1.50. That's some kind of investment upside. Now, here's my question. Where can either of these women go? Like, maybe Amanda Nunez can climb back up. You know, maybe she wins and gets her belt back and claws her way back up to the $5.50 price tag. Even if she, you know, holds this this division with an iron fist for another couple of years, I'm I'm starting to see some chinks in the armor for Amanda Nunez. I don't know that she's going to be around forever. I'm I'm personally not buying at four dollars and thirteen cents. And then you all know I'm in the Pena camp. I've got bets on Pena. I like her on Saturday to continue her reign as well. She's more of what I'm looking for as far as longevity here. If she has a crack at Valentina Shevchenko and maybe wins that rematch and, you know, gets herself a second belt or something, there's some upside to Pena, but a $5.40 entry point, that's stiff. I don't think I'm buying on either of these stocks personally for the future, for longevity. I can't see it for myself here, Locke. What about you? Yeah, I think that this is a pass all around, honestly. Like, even if Pena wins here, I, I don't know what her uh, chances of being a girl like Valentina Shevchenko are. And would you really want to be getting in at $5.39? Probably not. And then on the Nunez side, like, we know the retirement word has been thrown around a lot. So why get on on a fighter that will likely only have one, two, maybe even three more fights, and then they're going to get out of here. So uh, if she wins this fight, yes, you're right. Maybe she gets back up to $5, but maybe it's a pump and dump scenario. If you are of the pump and dump uh, methodology, then sure, go for it. But otherwise, I really don't see a need to, to go out there and buy either side uh, uh, going into this fight. I completely agree, man. All right, everybody. That is UFC 277 from a prediction strike standpoint. Uh, those are the numbers. Those are where we think those stocks are going to go. This is going to be a really cool show. We're going to do this thing weekly for you. So as we see fighters roll back around, we can kind of talk through, you know, how their numbers went up and down depending on what we were expecting from them and, and where we think they're going to continue to go in the future. Locke and I will figure something out. You know, we've got our, our fighter stonks game that we have been playing, whether we want to adjust that and maybe go to a more just buying and selling stocks, not necessarily competing, but maybe looking to turn actual profit on some of these numbers. Maybe we tweak things a little bit. We'll figure all that out on the back end for you. Um, Locke, is there anything else that you want to, you know, talk about real quick or anything was... before we... I was hoping that we can uh, get you to pull up the screen real quick and go through the champions once again, just to give people an idea of what the ceiling on some of these fighters are uh, from from a champion perspective, right? Once they actually yeah. achieve championship status. So I can roll down the uh, the names of fighters as if you want to bring them up here on your page. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling know. some of these guys up real quick here. Yep. So let me get this back up here for the people. So for instance, Kamar Usman, is a $6.16 price tag. He opened up at five. There? What was that? Uh, what was his peak there? I see uh, $5 he opened up, got up to $6.68. Okay. Yep, $6.68. So we're seeing that, honestly, that's kind of where MMA is peaking out at this point. But, you know, we're talking investments. If you bought in at $5 and he gained a dollar and 70 cents and then you sold off those shares. That's still a pretty good return. You know, moving up a dollar is, is nothing to sniff at here. Um, John Jones, I want to bring him up just Ooh, because, you know, why not? He's uh, been sitting around this ballpark. This is a guy that if you think he can go up to heavyweight and take the belt up there personally, I don't, but if you guys are still buying on John Jones in 2022, he is maybe one of the people that could, surpass that six and seven dollar range greatest of all time yeah. types that if you really believe he's got that shot now before anybody gets a chance to lay eyes on him at heavyweight is your moment to really jump in and see what he can do 
know, Israel Adesanya is $7. And I love Look this. Look at this. Trend. Pump and Look dump every <laughs> single time. He spikes up and then everyone jumps off. And it's like, what are you doing? It's Israel Adesanya. This yeah. man is going to... This man is going to continue driving this number up for some time. I don't believe like he's he's a generational talent, a belt holder. I, I think anybody that got in early on Israel Adesanya diamond hands that shit hang in there. Stack all the profit. <laughs> well, what what I like seeing is like that that spike. But then it does come down a little bit, but it's always more than the fight before. Like it's, it's, it, you, sh you see your improvements and you see your gains in that aspect. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't be, don't be scared by the dump because the pump eventually is coming again. Not a champion, but Nate Diaz, he is one of the most popular fighters in UFC history. You know, he's been around now for a couple of months. Nobody's wanted in on him. His opponent, <laughs> however, Ooh, I have look at this bad yeah. boy. This is this is the story right here, folks. He came in at two dollars and twenty-five cents. This man peaked up at seven dollars and two cents. Look at that. Now I totally understand if you bought in at two bucks a share and he hit seven dollars to go ahead and get that profit. Go ahead and stack yeah. that money. Go ahead and dump off here. This is the the Gilbert Burns landslide, but arguably, Locke, if he's gonna be the guy we think he is, this is a buy-low point for him now. You know, if he dropped a full two bucks after a fight with Gilbert Burns, I'm assuming he's going to knock out Nate. If he gets that belt, he's another one of these Israel Adesanya generational belt holder types, in my opinion. This is maybe not a bad entry point to jump in on Hamzad if you believe he can still pull that off. Yeah, uh, he could get up to that six, seven dollar mark. So, uh, you know, already have him in our in our game, in our fighter stonk game. I'm definitely holding on to him just for a guy. Yeah, exactly. Just for a guy, Justin Villegas. Let's pull up Patty Pimblett so we can see what he's looking at. I have Patty Pimblett in our fighter stonks game as well. See, uh, I got in here. I've got a 15 percent, almost a 16 percent return on my investment here. Um, yeah, he's another guy that came in low, not much expectation. He spiked up again, $2.50, and people sold off. Guys, I, I think Patty's the kind of guy. Patty and Molly, they're going to get soft matchups. They're going to get protected by the UFC. They're going to get winnable fights until the point that they actually have to compete with the best, and that'll give them time to level up to where they can compete at the best. These are the ones that you don't want to pump and dump. These are the ones that you want to buy in for a decent little chunk and then just sit on your hands. Don't look at the damn page. Yeah. Just forget about yeah. it for a year or two and see what your returns are after they've gotten a couple of wins. That's uh, that's what I would be looking to do with guys like Patty Pimblett. Um, let's see here. My, my personal nemesis in Sean O'Malley. Let's see what he looks like here. <laughs> Uh, the last one I'd like you to look after after this would be Volkanovski. I'd love to see where he's at. Sean O'Malley's at two bucks. Oh wow! Look at Interesting that. trend there. Yeah, look at that. Everybody bought him up to three dollars and then immediately sold off. And look, it's been fighting tooth and nail this whole time. And another, the Yan fight gets announced. And everyone's off. The <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah. That's what it seems like, right? Jeez. Yep. I mean, guys, it, it, this is another one where, like, I feel like Sean O'Malley's gotten nothing but favorable fights. You know, if you were this guy that bought in at a dollar and sold off at three twenty-three. That's the move right there. But, you know, now we're talking two bucks for a guy that people think could fight for a title. I, I personally, I don't think he gets by Yen. But if you do, Me if either. you're a Sean O'Malley truther, get your butt in there while you yeah. can. What was the name lock? Who do you want to see? Uh, I want to see Volkanovsky, but there is another great suggestion in the chat. And we'll end it off with that one. But check out Volkanovsky. What's he said not here? The man dollars six six seventy two dollars $6.72. $6.72. Not bad. Yeah, another one of the potential goats at this stage of his career, right? Absolutely. Uh, let's check Mokayev and then let's get out of here because he's one of those guys, right? Like early Chimaev numbers possibly that he could eventually probably get up there to 6 and $7 if he truly turns out to be the truth. $2. I'm glad that you brought Mokayev up because, yeah, I mean, he's he's at $2.22. The kid is 21 years old. Like yeah. this is... This, this is, is the buy and sit on your hands, kid. This is the guy that you load up on and you say, you know what? Instead of buying some Dogecoin on Saturday, I'm going to put 200 bucks on Makayev shares and then just leave it alone and then just go away yeah. and watch this kid's career and hope he does get to the point where he can fight for a strap. Because, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good entry point right there. I love it. I love it. Right. I love it. That's that's a perfect stock that you, you'd want to buy into at this point.
Who's that? Sam Hughes. <laughs> Sam Hughes, baby. Give me some Sam Page. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, let's take this one last suggestion from Thomas Kane. Shavkat Rachmanov. What's Shavkat's in that? He's probably pretty expensive already, if we're being honest. Yeah, he's uh, also he in Shavkat because it's. I don't know what he's saying, but uh, it looked like he said Shavkat, but Shavkat's at two dollars right now. Not a bad line, actually. Uh, Not a bad another number. major pump and dump. <laughs> Not bad. You know, Pete. Pete in the chat saying we're going to obliterate the numbers before the Brits get access. <laughs> While that might be partially true, the cool thing about MMA, though, Pete, we've seen it. These contender series kids. This is a yeah. round table. You know, you're you're not getting guys like uh, you know Patrick Mahomes that you can't buy in on for twelve dollars a share now because everyone knows who Patrick Mahomes is. Every single year, there's going to be new stars. We've we've seen it already. Patty the Batty came out of nowhere. Sean O'Malley came out of nowhere. Like, just if you can spot somebody that you think has some talent, some upside, it's going to be super easy for us as MMA fans to buy in on somebody, ride the wave for two years, and then get back out when we need to. Like, there's, I think there's a lot of opportunity in MMA specifically to turn around on some of these stocks and make some cash. Last one, last one. What's Connor sitting at? Oh boy, here we go. I'm curious about that one. Where's Connor sitting at? Four dollars. Connor is still at four dollars. Four dollars and five cents. Now hasn't budged, man. Dear God. hasn't budged. <laughs> I mean, at least people aren't buying at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. And yes, Thomas Kane, we 100 percent trust his website. They are uh very well backed, very legit, and uh doing things the right way. So yep. um like they they aren't available available outside of the U.S. as of yet, but as our uh, link told us, uh, they'll likely be opening up in more and more countries at the end of the year. So we're going to be doing this on a week to week basis. We're going to make sure you guys don't forget about Prediction Strike. So hopefully you guys continue to come back every week to hear our thoughts on it, and hopefully we're able to uh, put some more money into you guys' pockets, not through through betting or DraftKings, but through the stock market now. Absolutely, thanks to Prediction Strike. And hey, I, I know you guys are, are a little bit cautious. Anytime there's a new platform, there's a new way to gamble. Everybody always has, you know, a little bit of nerves, but they're doing it the right way. They're getting legalized and regulated in all the different areas. And that's why they're not in some of the countries that you guys are in. They will grow. They will continue to spread. So you'll see them getting a bigger footprint. And as they do that, the trust will grow. The involvement will grow. And hopefully... We can all make some money together on Prediction Strike while it goes through. The nice thing, I think, Locke, is uh, I think of it almost like a, like a poker table, right? You go to the casino and you go play poker. The casino doesn't give a shit who wins because at the end of the day, the casino is taking a rake. They're stealing a dollar or two out of the pot every single time a hand is played. These guys are charging a fee for you to buy and sell on stocks. That's how they make their money. So... People out there that are losing on these stocks are the ones that are, you know, paying your bills for winning on stocks. But Prediction Strike is going to make their money on those transaction fees. They're not worried too much about whether you're the one winning or losing because at the end of the day, they're going to get their cut. So it's not exactly you versus me. It's I'm charging you a small fee for the service. And if you made a good read, you win money. Here you go. <laughs> I really couldn't have put it better myself, honestly. Get us out All of right. here, Clint. I think hey, you did a damn good job. That's the first show, folks. Prediction Strike. We are going to be doing this every single week from now on, thanks to Prediction Strike. So we will absolutely be going over every single card, every single stock. We're going to monitor these guys a whole lot closer. Hopefully, we can get some investments going and stuff like that for uh, the boys here on the show. We can track some bigger numbers and, and stuff like that. It'll be fun to see if we can get in on some people and watch the growth and stuff like that. Do us a favor. Hit the like button. As always, subscribe here if you haven't. Share the show. And uh, hey, good luck. Hopefully your fighter stocks grow like the beanstalk. Magic beans, baby. Everybody have a great week. Let's go.